Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan. Uh, joining me once again is Peter Ammon. Hello, hello. And once again, we have special guest star, Ayla Ammon. Hello. And today we are uh, covering the further adventures of Charlie and Nick as we talk about volume two of Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. Yeah, More I'm, Nick and Charlie. I am so excited to talk about this volume. Um, how have you guys been? Well, I've been pretty good. Um, we we didn't have these books before. We were just renting them from the library. So we actually went out two chapters and got the whole set of books. So oh, now very we, nice. I'm super happy about that. So. <laughs> yeah, so now we're set. We're, uh, we're ready to read the whole thing. And then uh, Ayla's really looking forward to the next one. Book five uh, coming out in, I think, December in Canada, right? Yeah. Most likely December for Canada. November is when it actually gets released, but that's mostly in the UK. So, Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, we're, we're planning on covering the first three here, and then we'll have to reconvene sometime after volume six comes out and uh, and cover, I guess, the, the, the next three. Um, no idea how long this series is planned to go for, but... It was originally planned to stop at volume five, and then it was announced that she'd do another sixth one. So I think that's most likely where it's going to end. Okay. 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 So if the machines haven't taken over uh, by the time the sixth book comes out, we'll we'll, we'll do another uh, trilogy. And even if they have taken over, perhaps they'll enjoy you know a good solid queer love story, so they might allow it to continue. They'll they probably will more th- so than the far right. <laughs> sure. I mean, you got you got to. She's done, like, four novels in, like, two, maybe three years, I think, by now. This one is, like, end of 2020, so. So her output is uh, is quick. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, please, 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 she'll have the sixth one done in, like, a year or two. Right on. Well, in the meantime, let's talk about volume two of Heartstopper. Let's do that. Um, before I wanted to, before getting into the actual book itself, one of the things I'm noticing, having sort of read two of them now, is that it feels like there is definitely a focus for each book, right? And in the first one, it is uh, the story of Nick kind of awakening to the this idea that he might be more than just straight, that he may have feelings for this kid, Charlie who's kind of been his best friend, but maybe he's beginning to think that um, there could be more than friendship there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, by the end of volume one and into the beginning of volume two, he's kind of come to terms with the fact that he feels something for Charlie. But volume two is kind of about him, I think, processing his readiness to... Um, share that feeling with the world. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple facets there in the sense that he himself doesn't know where his sexuality falls mm-hmm. within kind of the spectrum. 
Um, so that I think is is something that makes it a bit of a challenge for him to tell people uh, or to yeah, or to kind of come on. out yeah, right because exactly. I don't know who yeah. I am, so I don't have to describe it. Yeah, so that that's a bit of a roadblock, but also I think still processing this from a relationship standpoint. I mean, you know, he he and Charlie haven't put any labels on anything. Um, you know. So this book it starts right from the right from the end of the last book where they share the kiss and you know they kind of part ways and yeah it's like still that night yeah almost. so they're they're, st- they're still kind of dealing with that fallout and then you know they, how do they how do they tell each other how they're feeling and that kind of stuff and yeah I think uh, for Nick you know he is figuring a lot of stuff out he's definitely confused in the sense that you know, this is very new and, you know, he didn't have a good handle on it uh, as he was developing feelings for Charlie. Whereas Charlie, you know, has been, you know, quite sure of himself, um, you know, as far as his sexuality. And he has been, you know, out uh, in public, um, you know, not through his own volition, but he's been out as, as a gay boy. And he's dealt with that, right? And he's, he's confident in that. And, you know, his life is not going to change really anymore whether he has a boyfriend or doesn't have a boyfriend, right? Whereas for Nick, it's kind of a big shift for him. The, yeah. the rugby lad who, you know, has developed this, you know, special relationship with Charlie and is kind of figuring out where he, he falls, right? You know, the BuzzFeed quizzes and all that yeah, uh, yeah, from, yeah. from the, the first The BuzzFeed qu- quizzes are real, okay? I did those, <laughs> okay? I've done, I'm pretty sure I've almost done like all the ones that are actually written in the book there on the little panel. <laughs> she has like a little panel with a bunch of links and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've done at least three of these. <laughs> right on. Um, it's worth noting before we start talking about it as well that I have all, uh, all of my notes are about uh, plot points in the book, whereas Ayla's notes are apparently about just the, the moments that are the most I made cute. no notes. I just put, look, little sticky note tabs in it, and I was like, I'm just going to note all the cute scenes. Yeah. Did not come to mind that I should know, like, what's important to the storyline. I was like, I'll do another one where it's, like, maybe a little bit more serious topics, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> not, nothing like, this is changing how the story goes. No, but 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 just she will, things. she's sure to tell <laughs> us the cute cutest moments. moments, yes. Yep. Praise for the dimples. Exactly. <laughs> Every time I see a dimple, I think of you now. <laughs> um, okay, so this is, yeah, exactly. It starts in the immediate aftermath of sort of um, the, the kiss and then um, and then Charlie, sorry, Nick walking away. And so it's sort of, they're, they're stressing at night. Um, it's a rough night for Charlie. Yeah. And Nick swears a lot. Nick swears a lot. They, okay. Yeah, they he removed- just kind of. He just kind of like, you know, thinks about things and says, fuck, thinks about things a little bit. <laughs> fuck. You know, so it, Nick, Nick is clearly feeling like, you know, he didn't leave things. Yeah. And either. I have here that like Nick tries a couple of different texts to send to yeah. Charlie. And it's one of those moments again where it's like he tries one thing and then deletes it and tries another thing and he deletes it. Um, meanwhile, um, you know, Charlie is like sort of hugging his whatever and like stressing out, imagining the things he said or shouldn't have said. Charlie is canonly snuggling a teddy teddy bear yeah. in the first like panel, one of the first panels of the book. So, and then the next morning, you know, Charlie goes about you know getting ready. What's less than two hours of sleep is what he got. Yeah, less than two <laughs> hours of sleep. Which Charlie had a rough night. We've <laughs> all been there when we're stressing out about the, the the choices we've made that maybe felt bad. It's like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I stay up all night stressing about what I should have done differently. Um, and, uh, you know, he's busy brushing his teeth, thinking about, you know, what to do when there's a knock on the door. 
I think his mom yells at him to get it. Yeah, she thinks it might be the mailman or the or something. So hey, Charlie, go get the door. It's the postman. They're British, right? Postman. And uh, and lo and behold, Charlie stumbles down in his PJs. His hair's a mess. And who is there but Nick? Yeah. And it, it's in the rain. In the too, rain because. So. I feel like these sorts of scenes always take place in the rain, right? It's got to be in the rain or else yeah. it's not romantic enough. Exactly. you got to wait for it to start raining. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> Sunny skies don't make for good yeah. uh, <laughs> romantic um, meetings. And that is, even is in my notes. Like These sorts of moments are always in the rain in these sorts of stories. Um, so Charlie tries to apologize for what he did, sort of stammering and stumbling around his words. Uh, uh, to the point where eventually Nick just sort of shuts him up by kissing him again. Yeah, well, Nick can't seem to really get an, a word in edgewise. Charlie's just kind of ranting and raving about how he's sorry and he wishes that you know that he didn't do it. And yeah, he doesn't want to ruin their friendship. I, I think is what Charlie's real worry is there. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and Nick kind of sets him at ease. They uh, they go in for the makeout. They do. Yeah. Nick is still wearing his shoes inside. Is I thought that was just an American thing. Am I crazy? <laughs> Am I crazy? It's it's more American than Canadian. I don't know if it's English. That's a good question. Yeah. Interesting. Charlie isn't, but he like just woke up, so I don't know. Also, I feel like he should have taken his shoes off. Like it's raining outside. Take yeah, that's off. yeah. I'm getting mud off. all over my carpet, my hardwood. I'm just kidding. God damn it, Nick. Yeah. Have some manners. Man, you know, we were really starting to like Nick, too. And right, now yeah, <laughs> until he left puddles <laughs> in the room. He's gone and ruined it. Now i got to clean the floor again, man. Uh, and then they have tea, which I pointed out because we were apparently really concerned about whether they had a cuppa yeah. last time. Yeah, that was a concern. And now, I, I don't know if Alice heard us. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she, she retroactively changed yeah, volume, she too, because of our last book. product. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they take their tea to the conservatory. Well, and they're being all cutesy in the kitchen, and yes. uh, and Charlie's, you know, uh, sister who can appear at Tori, will. Tori, um, she's just kind of observing, right? We love Tori. She takes a little sip. Is like, I know what's up. Yeah, they're doing little like bum taps to each other there. And then they retire to the conservatory because yes. they're clearly... No one really sits there in the morning. No. Yeah. They're clearly upper, upper no, middle No, the conservatory class. is where we sit in the evening. We have a brandy and cigars That's in the conservatory. Right. Uh, but it's safe in the morning to go and hang out and, uh, you know, with your secret gay almost boyfriend. So they're hanging out and uh, Nick asks Charlie how he knew he was gay. And Charlie sort of shares some stories, but basically kind of says he's always known, like right from an early age, he, his early crushes, his early kind of yep. imaginary romances were all about boys. Um, Nick has a different perspective because obviously he thought he liked girls. Yeah. But now. And he feels like he still like he did like the girls, but now he likes. Charlie. So. Yeah, and so he's yeah. not saying he doesn't like girls anymore. Yeah, he's or, just saying, or that he likes guys. Just exactly, that he really just that likes, he likes Charlie. Charlie yeah. So it's only Charlie guys. No one else. No one else. <laughs> uh, so don't even try. Other than Johnny Depp, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> or Orlando Bloom. Yeah, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean did something for him. And uh, well, that's a good movie. Um, it's a good movie. <laughs> okay, but, but in the midst of this, Nick says, like, you know, I, I, I liked girls, but now I like you. 
And Charlie's like, you like me? Yeah, the, the surprise that these two have as they move into different stages in their relationship. Like, oh, you like me? Oh, I like you? Like, yeah. you know, they're always surprised. Like, like they, they have no idea that the other person might, exactly, might yeah. like them even a yeah. little bit, even though they've been making out and well, spending okay, so much wait, time together. Okay. Wait, we got to give Charlie, like, the ops on this because he did, like, go out technically with ben but then ben was the entire like i don't actually like you this is just you know like yada yada we're not boyfriends like sure i get that but i mean they established a pretty close friendship first uh nick and charlie before really kind of getting to that point of of kissing or that i like you in in that kind of way right so but i think the you know the fact that they're just always surprised you know, when, when they tell each other something, you know, and they say it a, a few times in the book, like, why are we like this? Why can't yeah, <laughs> why no, they, can't? they say that they, the they understand, the they, they, they see, you know, kind of how their brains are working. But like, I, I do feel like Charlie is maybe like, I can understand where he's coming from this time because like, you know, Nick kind of, you know, the way Nick reacted to the kiss, he went home, he, he's gotten two hours of sleep. He's freaking out about all this. And even when Nick comes back and kisses him, it's still going to be like, you know, uh, what is happening to sort of get sort he of just this... woke up from like an hour and a half of sleep. Yeah. He does and not so know what's happening. This kind of confession of I like you. That's more than just like I was drawn to kiss you this one time. It's like I I like like you, you know, it is sort of like, yeah. really? It is a little bit weird when Nick is like, oh, you like me, too. Well, of course, he fucking Clear, set yeah, up an excuse to clearly, kiss you yeah. last night. Shouldn't be that big a shocker. But, but they're both a little bit surprised. To be fair, Nick is not quite as studious as Charlie, so we'll yeah, <laughs> we can Nick forgive is, him. Nick is kind of struggling his way through this experience. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they uh, they kind of I think sorted out that they you know that they like each other, right? And you know why are we like this? And then they they get to making out a little bit more. Uh, Nick Nick talks about you know that he might be bisexual, but he's not sure. Yeah. Um, and then. Charlie's brother uh, pops into the conservatory. Yes. Oliver, we were robbed of Oliver. I need Oliver like in the show. Like I wish, I wish. I love Oliver so much. Is He's there so no cute. Ollie in the show? There's no Oliver in the show. Oh wow. There's no. It's so. She has this. This is kind of off topic, but still because it's Oliver. She Alice Osman on like webtoon. She has like a little mini comic where they're like dressed for Halloween and Nick and Charlie dressed up as like i think it's like doctor who characters they are or something i'm not sure and they take oliver trick-or-treating and he's like dressed like a pumpkin i'm pretty sure it's adorable and it's colored too so it's even more cute oh nice right on so oliver catches them canoodling in the conservatory yeah because uh, charlie's <laughs> like no we were just oh, hugging yeah. yeah and he's and, like no i saw your lips like, touching i don't know your lips were touching <laughs> yeah so they make Oliver kind of uh, keep it a secret, yeah. which he's cool with doing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Oliver's younger, but he, he must n- kind of remember a little bit of what Charlie went through in the previous year with the bullying and, and that kind of well, stuff. Well, it seems so, like the whole family is pretty supportive of, you know, who he yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Nick is on his way home, asks if he, uh, Charlie's okay with keeping it a secret for a while. Charlie says yes. Um, there's sort of an awkward moment between them at the doorway and then Nick's like, okay, bye. And then as he's walking home, there's the moment, you know, Charlie chases him down. Classic like rom-com moment. Chases him down in the rain and Nick's like, you know, what's going on? Did I forget something? And then 
Charlie just gives him a big old kiss. Actually, he, first he looks left and right. Yeah. He like, like got to make sure. Got to make sure no one can see us. No one's watching because we got to keep this but a secret. But it's got to be a romantic scene. So nom nom nom. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, leaves Nick with a smile. Yep. He's he's pretty happy about it. So. Uh, and then they they start kind of texting back and forth. So now now they're, I mean, it's obviously not official. They haven't put labels on it, but this is the point where they've essentially entered into a full on romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, and so on. Uh, we we get to Monday where they're back to school, hanging around, being super friendly. Before um, before that, is this Nick, before that? Nick is reading uh not reading watching videos on like youtube or whatever on what bisexuality is so he's doing a little research oh yeah 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 yeah. and then it's monday and they have the classic panel where they just both say hi i tabbed that because that's like (laughs) yes so cute classic so classic and this this turns into a little bit of a montage of the week right a little bit yes we got kind of monday they're hanging out they're you know, they're still friends and they were good friends before kind of this party that has led to the kiss and then their conversation. Yeah. But now they're kind of a little more stealing a few more moments. And so as we go through the week, you know, it's it's Tuesday. They have a little thing. Wednesday, they're playing rugby. Yeah, he gets hurt. He gets hurt. And they he, Nick's know. like, oh, we're going to take him to ice his knee. That's right. Yeah, because no, nobody else is like do that. Oh, it's a little bit. And then the teacher cuts him off. We were kind of robbed of Christian and Cy, uh, yeah, Cy and like Otis. I'm pretty sure they they're the rugby lads that are like actually kind of nice about it and like support them. Yeah. Like even though Nick hasn't come out, I think I might have been last novel or this one. I'm not sure, but there's a little panel where they're talking and they're like, I I could see that. They would make a cute couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in, that was in the first book. Yep. There's, uh, you know, so Charlie, um, you know, obviously he's out, and and you know Nick's friends know all about that. But when they start kind of suspecting it in the first book, we have these three that are essentially identified as potentially supportive friends, because Nick does say a few different times like, "Oh, all my friends are you know crap or whatever, and I don't want to be friends with them. They don't understand." But I think we have. And I, you know, we, obviously I don't know what's happening in the in the other books, uh, but we have three that are kind of identified as potential supports that Nick already knows and is friends with. Yep. Um, so we'll see kind of how that develops, I guess. But yeah, in the show, we definitely don't see those characters. Um, they're kind of, you know, all the rugby lads are just, you know, Harry's posse, essentially. Right. Okay. We don't have any standouts. So. But uh, yeah, so they they get the ice pack uh, after Charlie hurts his knee uh, playing rugby, and you know they have a little conversation about you know playing it cool at school. And yeah, Charlie, like Charlie is clear to point out, like you know it's okay if we we you know don't hang out so much. We're not like constantly together. Um, and then Nick goes and kisses them in the locker. Yeah, so this entire yeah entire thing. I'll I'll tell you the first time I was reading it, I was expecting someone to come wandering in at that moment. Yeah. Well, I think isn't there? Oh, in the show, someone in the show, in. Isaac comes in, like either right before, or, like right after they share like a little moment. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, teacher wanted me to give you some like rubbing alcohol pads or whatever." So, <laughs> tee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we get to Thursday. They're just kind of hanging out in the park, yep. uh, laying in the grass, and 
Talking still about, you know, so Nick's still figuring out. Nick's, Nick's just looked up bisexuality and says that might describe him, but he's not sure. And Charlie's tells him it's okay. He doesn't need to figure it out yep. and he doesn't even need to think about it. But Nick's like, that's all I'm thinking about right now. I'm trying to figure it out, which is cool. You know, he's working on it. And then they go to have a kiss. Uh, but then somebody is walking by. And so Nick sort of gets nervous and pulls away um, and apologizes. And Charlie's like, no, don't even worry about it. It's like, take your time. Yeah. I mean, Charlie's obviously been through this, but. I think, and I don't know if we find out right away, but Nick clearly has in the back of his mind how Charlie was hurt by Ben about the the secret thing. And yeah, that's a fair point that he right? doesn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it does come up later in the book that you know he goes, well, I, I didn't want to be like Ben. Yeah, and, I don't know if it's actually shown in the book. I th- it's definitely shown in the show, but I don't know if it's as like as a thing as it is in the show as it is in the books i think it might be less it's so just, in the book yeah, but he does he does at one point say that he he didn't want to be ben because i have that in my notes as well and then they play frisbee with nelly and it all turns out well so yes yeah obviously nelly fixes everyone's problems honestly um friday is a very brief conversation where um charlie announces his uh birthday's coming up and invites nick to his birthday party on tuesday uh, well, the birthday party is Saturday, the next day. but his 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 birthday is actually on. Tuesday. Oh, well, that's my, that's my confusion. So they went to the bowling alley on Saturday then. Yeah. Oh, my notes are all fucked up then. I'm so confused. Well, because when they're at the bowling alley, it comes up a few different times that his birthday is actually Tuesday uh, and not not the Saturday. OK, well, I was only flipping through the book very quickly when I did my notes <laughs> yeah. today. So don't hold that against me. No, fair enough. <laughs> um and that, yeah, so he, Nick shows up, uh, I guess it's Saturday now. Yeah. Um, Nick shows up to the birthday party, uh, you know, they, uh, they exchange greetings and Nick's like, oh, am I, am I the first one here? And, and Charlie's like, no, you're, you're last one here, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're all over on lane seven. Come on. <laughs> and so Nick, uh, and us get to meet a bunch of Charlie's friends. We have Tao, who is essentially described as rude. Rude, but like mostly just to rugby lads. Right, so. right. <laughs> We have Aled, who's shy, but nice, and L, who's trans. Yeah, yeah. We love L. Transferred to Higgs. Exactly. And I, my favorite part about this whole sort of sequence, is what uh, a cool, positive, accepting group of people this is. And well, and in both sides, including Nick coming into this. Well, exactly, well. exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like these are just really cool people who who don't care who you are. Like, they're just accepting of, of you. And I, you know, sort of secretly hope that everyone out there who feels like a, a kind of an outsider it manages to find a group like that. Because in high school, I very much did. Not, not sort of the same, but I was an outsider in my own way. And I was lucky enough to find a group that accepted me as I was, right? Yeah, and, and I think the other thing here is that clearly, um, you know, it's a diverse group. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, as diverse as you can get for, for, you know, British lads in Brighton or wherever they are. Uh, and they, you know, they're not, they're not judgmental, but they're, they're all dealing with their own kind of stuff uh, <laughs> in the sense of, you know, we've got the, the trans uh, girl. We've got, you know, Nick, who's figuring stuff out. Charlie, who's been out for a while. Um, Alad, who we don't really know too much about, uh, but is kind of the shy, quiet kid. Um, and they're, yeah, they're, they're all kind of, they've all got different things going on, but they come together and they're, they're, 
you know, whether they're united by that or just out of, you know, being actually decent kids, uh, you know, they, they form this pretty supportive group. Uh, and even Tao, who like his rudeness is essentially built on his need to protect people. Right. Like that's really his motivation is he wants to protect Charlie from being that is hurt true, yeah. by Nick. Right. So it's not that he's necessarily kind of rude or an angry kid or anything like that. He's just his motivations are, are built on that need to protect his friends. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's that kind of white knight or, uh, you know, that kind of mentality really more than being rude, but yeah, a really neat group of, of kids. And, you know, I, I think, uh, that acceptance and that, uh, that kind of, uh, nonchalance, I guess, of finding out this, oh yeah, like, yeah, no, no big deal. It's no big deal that somebody's this way or that way or figuring stuff out. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, over the course of the, the bowling game, um, Tao sort of notices Charlie is continuing to be kind of extra flen- friendly or a little bit flirty with Nick. And so when... And vice versa. Nick is flirty yeah, that's with, fair. with yeah. Charlie as well. Um, with the strong rugby arms. The strong, strong rugby, rugby arms. arms. Yes, that's, exactly. That's what gets Tao, man. And so... Who brought when... the guns to the bowling alley, <laughs> Nick? Uh, so, yeah, it's not... This isn't... What do you think this is? America? You can't bring guns like this to the bowling alley. <laughs> Um, so when Charlie goes to the bathroom, uh, Tao sort of follows him in there to say like, dude, settle down with, yeah, well, with he, the guy, like, that not... whole looking out for his friends. Yeah. Thing, because like... he, you know, Charlie and Nick are keeping this whole situation secret. So what everybody else is seeing is Charlie continuing to kind of have this unattainable in their minds, unattainable crush in this perfectly straight rugby lad. That's never going to go anywhere. And they're just like, man, stop. Well, and the, the other thing here is that as nice as Nick is in general, they still believe, or at least Tao certainly does, that Nick is just being friendly with Charlie for a laugh, right? That, yeah. You know, fair, in, yeah. in all other aspects, he comes off as like a pretty well-adjusted, accepting, yeah. you know, friendly guy. But somehow he has, you know, the secret plan to, you know, put Charlie on and you know, whatever nefarious purpose he has to lead him on and to some, you know, some end where he exposes him or whatever. That's what Tao's thinking. But realistically, I mean, every other aspect of Nick, he's just being a nice guy, right? So it's it's weird that Tao is so suspicious of it. But, you know, as far as the things that people hear in the school about Nick liking girls and, you know, I, I guess he, he has some, uh, you know, well, cause think- to maybe believe that, that Nick might you know, be straight and, and be leading. No, exactly. Along, and that's right? the so thing is like, you, you do want to, you know, whether it's, it's a, a gay kid attracted to a straight kid or, you know, a straight kid attracted to, uh, you know, a girl who's supposedly way too hot for him. You know, you have those friends who are like, this isn't going to work out. You really need to lower your, uh, expectations. Lower your expectations. Right? That's right. Um, and Charlie can't respond to him and say like, no, it's it's really okay because we're kind of together because yeah. they're trying to keep it a secret. So he's got to he's got to kind of dodge that thing. And Nick, who goes up to sort of order a food or beverage at the bowling alley, has to go get his chips. Yeah, there you go. Got to have chips in England. Um, manages to hear this conversation through the bathroom door, and you can see like there's a weight on him now that he's kind of his decision to try to keep things a secret is having an impact on Charlie. There's a weight on Charlie's shoulders that I think Nick feels bad about. 
Well, and also I think Nick sees because Charlie handles this conversation with Tao really, really well and delicately. Um, doesn't let anything out of the bag about him and Nick while still kind of placating Tao a little bit that, you know, he's going to be careful, um, but Nick's a good guy and, you know, just get to know him, that kind of thing. Uh, and when Charlie comes out of the bathroom, you know, Nick is there and gives him a, a big hug and he's like, you know, what was that for? And he says, I'll tell you later. And it's because he, you know, he was so not not proud per se, but happy that, you know, even though Charlie couldn't, necessarily say the things that he wanted to say he still stuck up for nick uh to his friend i felt to an extent though that 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 hug was a bit of an apology too like i'm so sorry that that you had to go through through this but he didn't want to actually say that out loud but that hug was a reaction of what he was feeling some sense of the guilt he was feeling over it all right so match number two at the bowling alley uh l wins the match finally she was so close in the first game, but Nick took it. Uh, and and her and Tao are, you know, they're kind of teasing each other a little bit, uh, you know, so everyone in the group can kind of see that maybe they like each other yeah, think, a little I bit. Yeah, I think t- Charlie mentioned that too, that yeah. Tao might have yeah. liked Elle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think everyone uh, is starting to take off here. It's kind of the end of the, the party, Yeah, down, right? it ends up down to uh, Nick and Charlie as Charlie waits for his dad to come. Um, they sort of grab a, a table. I don't know if that's at the bowling alley or if it's like a nearby diner. I'm pretty sure it's like the bowling alley, alley has like a little, little diner table area. area. Yep. So. Um, and uh, uh, Nick gives Charlie the present that he made for him, which is a framed picture of the two of them and uh, Nelly. During the snow day. During we the snow love day. Nelly. We love yep. them. Oh, such a cute photo with a handmade frame by yep. Nick. And Charlie's like, well, I think he just decorated the frame. I, you know, I don't well, think he made the frame, but sh- okay, <laughs> it counts. It counts. Um, and Charlie's like, oh my god, I want to kiss you so bad right now. And and uh, and Nick's like, good thing they have oversized menus, here. right? So <laughs> they pop up the menu. They have a they sneak a little kiss behind the menu. They hold hands for a moment, and I'm sure that this is maybe tagged as a cute moment because I thought it was pretty adorable. I actually didn't get a tab here because oh, no. I just tabbed like the whole scene. Like, oh, there you go. Exactly. I put yeah. a tab like when they first started talking <laughs> and I was just like, this is going to just encompass their entire scene talking because all of it is cute. Yeah. Well, and then this is where Nick relays that he overheard yes. uh, him and Tao talking in the, in the bathroom and that he's, you know, sorry. Uh, and this, I think this is where he says that you know, he's he, afraid of treating Charlie like Ben. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Taking advantage of him. And Charlie kind of sets his mind at ease saying, you know, you're nothing like him and, um, you know, that the situation's different. And, uh, yeah. And Nick also says, like, he feels bad that he wasn't more helpful to Charlie when Charlie was being bullied. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as much as Charlie was like, well, you didn't even know me then. Yeah. Um, I think Nick is sort of coming from the perspective of maybe, but I just sort of wish I was a better person in general who would have stepped up for someone like you. Yeah. And then there's a uh, there's a neat line there where uh, it, and it, it gets echoed in the in the TV show as well. Um, there's this neat line about uh, Nick saying, I wish I hadn't, you know, known then what I know now. Right. Right. Which encompasses both, you know, how hard things were on Charlie, as well as all the things that he's been going through in the last little while about, you know, sexuality and how, how to figure things out and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Nick's really come a, a long way in a short amount of time in terms of, you know, he's he's not maybe there yet, but he's certainly figuring a lot of things out oh, fairly yeah, quickly sure. here. 
And then it's uh, May, right? Two and a half weeks later? Yep. Nick is late for school. He's like hurrying through the hallways, finishing up his math homework. Um, bumps into Charlie, who is uh, helping out the school orchestra. They're doing a crossover concert thing with the girls' They're school. They're doing a little like rehearsal for the spring concert, which is both Truham and Higgs. Yes, the, the two schools. And um, he gets called in as like the pinch drummer, I yes. guess. Like they're like, "Hey, we need a drummer." Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of an orchestra band with like a drummer, like a oh full-on yeah. drum oh yeah, set. Yeah, there's there's plenty of schools that have. Is there? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Like you mean a school band with a drummer? Yeah, like an orchestra type band, like violins and flutes, clarinets. I don't know. Well, you'd have, well, yeah, maybe not a drum kit necessarily, but you still have some kind of percussion. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's lots of school, but most school bands, bands that will have like a, like a maybe not a full drum kit, but they'll have because it's yeah, it's quite a it's quite a bit to have a full percussion section versus one kid with a small drum kit. Uh, True, yeah. but like you know, I'm you know, uh, we, when I was in high school, our band like we didn't have violins, but we had like your typical school band with like the woodwinds and the 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 brass. You know, we had trombones, trumpets, saxophones, clarinets, flute, and we had a drum kit. But also we had a, a pretty major um, percussion section. So we had like timpanis and we had a big bass drum. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's nice. I mean, we we just had a, a kid with a drum kit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, for our band. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my school has like the whole shebang. Like we have. I'm pretty sure we have like violins, we have clarinets, we have flutes, we have percussion instruments, we have like all the wood instruments. He has a drum set. I don't know if it's used for the orchestra, but he has like, I think maybe even two because there's like a back room at our school where people can go to like practice. And he has like one in the middle of the room and then one that's also like in a back room, I'm pretty sure. We have like tons of instruments at our school. It's so cool. Okay, well now you're just bragging about your school's music yeah, program. Our, our, so our, our programs at our school are just so like awesome. So they're probably not as awesome as this private uh, school in, in England. Uh, anyway, so I always enjoy playing the timpanis. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, that that would be very fun. Uh, so anyway, they're they're kind of chatting. Um, Nick's Nick's late for math, and we find out why because they kind of. Nick. Right, they were up chatting and making out. That's right. Uh, so yeah, Charlie kind of. Charlie's the reason Nick's homework isn't done, essentially. So Charlie does help. So Charlie helps him with his homework. Uh, apparently, Charlie's way better at math than Nick is, um, even though he's a year under. Even though he's a year under. Um, and then as as Charlie wanders over to sort of help out with the band, um, Darcy. No, sorry, Tara. Tara, yeah. Tara comes over, um, and she is the girl from um, the last book. But also the one that um, Nick had sort of kissed a few years earlier. Yeah, when they, when were, they 13, were thirteen. Uh, years thirteen years old. old. Yeah, yeah. So of course they were supposed to fall in love again. It's pretty young That's age right. to kiss one. And and in the last book, Tara did say to Nick, like, "Hey, you know, if you want to talk about any of this kind of stuff, yeah, because uh, she suspected a little bit of what was going on yeah. with Charlie. Yeah, but she, also like she's gay too, right? Yeah, so she's like, gay, and and but she she offered to be kind of a support. Yes, for sure. Nick. Uh, and so they get they get to talking a little bit. I think kind of along that lines, like. You know, um, he thinks back to the party and when she told him that she's gay and he feels comfortable enough, kind of, I think, sensing that she's been in this kind of scenario, possibly. Uh, So Nick tells Tara that he's going out with Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first person he's ever told. And she's quite, you know, excited and ecstatic to be that first person to hear about it. 
Yeah. And, and she asks him like, you know, how does it feel to tell someone? And he, you know, he, he likes it and says that it, it really does feel good to tell someone, uh, you know, it, Tara's girlfriend, Darcy shows up, uh, and he tells her as well. Uh, you know, I love her response there. We found another one. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's, that there is a, maybe an element of that uh, amongst the LGBTQ high school community where like, it's not so much like, Oh, we've, we found another one of us so much as it's like we found another the one that we can embrace and bring into our safety net, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the we're so proud of you for being able to to speak your truth, kind of a thing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, even with Harry, like being the kind of homophobic villain in the first book, like, you know, we don't get a sense that there's really like overt homophobia in the school necessarily. But I think, you know, there's enough judgment out there, um, certainly probably in the, you know, in the Instagram and the DMs and, you know, that, that kind of online chat world that I think just having that, that community of, hey, we found, we found someone who's, um, you know, part, part of our group or who's going through some of the similar experiences. I think that feels good for, for everyone, not yep. just, the, not, not just the new one. Uh, and then, um, my, my favorite part about this bit, too, is that there's a couple of boys that look over and they're like, hey, he's scoring with two chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then uh, Tara has the, the line of like, why are straight people like this? <laughs> um, and then um, the girls also point out to Nick that he doesn't need to come out uh, any faster than he's ready to. Um, which, again, I'm I'm really digging that that's kind of like the primary message of this volume. And I think it's it's one that's probably super important for a lot of kids to keep in mind that they they shouldn't feel pressured into coming out to anyone that they're not a hundred percent comfortable doing that with yet. Yeah, you bet. And and also the the part of that message as well of uh, of taking your time uh, to figure things out. Yeah. That you don't have to, ru- and that you don't even really have to think about it either, right? Like you you don't have to focus on figuring it out. There's no time limit. There's no um, you know, requisite that, you, you know, by this birthday you need to have, you know, it's, it's just, Hey, take your time. Um, don't even think about it. Just see what happens. Um, and there's no pressure. Um, even if you are, you know, kind of down that path of having figured things out, there's still no pressure to tell the world or to yeah, explain you don't, it to everyone. You don't owe that side of yourself to anyone. And there's, you're not obligated to share it until you are completely ready. No, I feel weird because I totally just, I came out in the middle of birthday cake cutting <laughs> right after I blew out the candle. So I'm like, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's no wrong way to do it uh, either, right? So Exactly. Yeah. I think there were like parents there who I didn't know at the same time as well. My friends were like, we should do it. And I was like, we should. That'd be fun. You're like, ha ha, tee do it. <laughs> do it while we're trying to cut my cake. It was like, happy birthday to me. I'm gay. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> all right and then nick realizes he's late for math so he's He's got a super late yeah super late yeah he's got a jet off to math uh so cut to the next scene where they're studying and nick's kind of now like doing kind of more the the charlie infatuation like you know staring at him and like oh you know you're you're cute and that kind of stuff and uh and then he does let charlie know that he's told tara and you know, Charlie's pretty excited, you know, that he's told someone and yeah, it's just kind of like this, this 
additional step forward in their in their relationship right they're they're telling people now and, yep. it, and it's not it's not a secret anymore right so you know it's it's a big step in the sense that you know nick clearly is now nothing like ben so yeah big uh, big change there and charlie's super happy about it nick's very happy about it and they get into another tickle fight <laughs> it's the making out yeah and, and then Tori arrives. Yeah. Suspicious Tori. Suspicious kinda, Tori always just popping up there. Yeah. Um, so Charlie gets up and catches her at the door and is like, mm-hmm. she's like, I got the pen you wanted. And she's also like, good job. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, well done. Yeah. I, yeah. Knew, I knew you could do it. And there's no wink, but I feel like she probably would have winked. There's an implied wink there. Tori yeah, feel, I think, yeah. Tori's a person who would wink at him. Yeah. Uh, and now Nick's a little nervous because uh, Tori caught the Charlie's like, don't worry, she'll keep it a secret. And Tori's in Nick's year as well. Yes. Right? So, Is yeah. she? I thought she was at least a year older than me. No, I'm pretty she sure in she's 12. in year No, I think, I don't know. I don't actually know. You know, I, I think. I'm pretty sure in the last book they were in the same year. I'm actually, I actually think you're right. Which is well, I am, not so. very often. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, but in, in. The next book, when they go to Paris, she was allowed to come. She was still at school or whatever. I'm not sure if it was she was in does the, year 12. Does the Higgs school come on the trip as well? Yeah, because okay. Tara well, and Darcy. Let's not there. talk about the next Tara, book. Tara, Darcy, let's, and... Okay. Let's finish talking about this book. Yes, please. Um, so, yeah. So, Nick invites Charlie to come out with his friends the next, with his friends the next weekend because they've, uh, they've now done the hangout with Charlie's friends. And so Nick is like, come hang out with, with me and my friends. We're going to go to the movies. The caveat here is that Harry is not supposed to be exactly, part of the group. Exactly, Harry's the big old jerk. That's right. So th- that's, you know, Charlie's a bit nervous, but he agrees, um, you know, and uh, with the expectation that it's going to be a Harry-free evening, yes. which, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tori comes back in, um, and they have a little conversation, uh, you know that uh, that they're they're kind of dating, but she's concerned as well about yeah, be Charlie going to hang out with Nick's friends because yeah, I think she says she's been to parties with them and they're they're not know, great they're, people always yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and then it's Saturday for the hangout. Yeah, time for uh, they're going to see a movie or something at the mall. A horror movie, a I'm pretty sure movie, actually. Yeah. So even um, better. Charlie's dad is dropping off at the movies and you can tell that he's a bit nervous too. He's like, you know, just let me know if anything happens, blah, 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 blah. Well, I think for, for Charlie's dad, right. He still kind of remembers, even though he doesn't know what happened at that party, right. Nick went to hang out or Charlie went to hang out with Nick and then, you know, he called his dad in a panic, uh, pick me up, get me the heck out of here. And what happened with Nick? Oh, he was with his friends. Something happened. Right. So yeah, he's, he's concerned that Charlie, you know, hanging out again with Nick's friends, something similar may happen. But Charlie's like, it'll be fine. Nick's there. Everything's been good. Um, when they get into the theater, though. They're flirting. They are so flirting. They are with flirting. Each other. Yes. Um, but when they get in, they discover that Harry is there, in fact. Yeah. And dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But Charlie's like, I'm not going to let this intimidate me. And Nick's so in love with him in that moment. There's <laughs> a little heart over him. Got to stand up for yourself, man. Well, and then, and then Harry kind of is uh, he razzes Nick a little bit, uh, or is that maybe a bit later? The, oh, that, the that's major razzing comes later, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so some of Nick's friends that are identified in the book, Christian and Cy, 
that are, you know, some of the potentially supportive ones and they're, you know, they, they engage with Charlie right away. They say hello, right? They're, they're interested in getting to know Charlie, yep. who is Nick's friend. Um, and they, you know, they're, they seem to be definitely more in that mindset of what we saw from Charlie's friends of being accepting and wanting to get to know people and not having any judgments or anything like that. Yep. Just, Hey, how's it going? Uh, so yeah, they, they head off to the horror movie. Uh, you know, Nick, uh, Nick tells Charlie that he gets pretty scared, pretty easy. Uh, and, um, and then Charlie says, oh, you can hold my hand if you want to. Right. So they're still kind of flirty. Yeah. They do some secretive hand holding in the dark yeah. there as you do. Yeah. Um, Oh, they they go get popcorn. I just I would like to point out just because actually I cannot say why yet, but he Charlie himself. They're like they go to get popcorn and he's like I'm not very hungry right now and he's like you get some though and then Nick's like totally like are you okay are you nervous all that. I think I know we're going with this. Okay, we're we're talking about this book and not future books, guys. Yeah. So I'm come on. Sorry. <laughs> Volume two only. Uh, anyway, yeah, so they do go into the theater. Uh, you know, they do a little bit of hand-holding. Wait, 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 right before, right, sorry. Sorry, one more important. Gotta have all the important very cute details. Very important cute scene is when Nick calls Charlie Char. Yeah. Being, like, a little affectionate, like, he's, like, he's worried. He's, like, you all right, like, Char. is like, seriously, Char, are you okay? And he's, like, Char. What oh, my God. <laughs> Are we doing nicknames? It's like, <laughs> oh my god, it was not that serious. And it's like, it's like, are you sure? I feel like it was that serious. And wasn't he like, I'm, I'll never call you that again? And he's like, you need to always call me that. I'm like, I'm never calling you it again. He's like, I like it. He's like, no, never again. <laughs> never am I ever saying that again. And then it's them at the movie theater, and Nick, and actually both of them are kind of jumping because it's a horror movie. Yeah, of course. Jump into each other's hands because yes, that's why another you go to cliche. S- that's why you go to the horror movie with the the person you're hot for. So you yeah, that's make, a classic date exactly. move. Go to the horror date. movie. You gotta cut. You gotta cuddle up to yeah. you together for safety's sake, right? And Very quiet there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then the movie ends, and they're still kind of uh, they're still kind of flirting after, and this is where Harry kind of dials it up. Yeah, yeah, kind of starts being a jerk again. It's like, uh, what's it like to be gay, or what is the? Do you like musicals? Right. (laughs) How dare you? Okay, of course I do, but like that's not the point. That's not the point. (laughs) Hamilton's on top, guys. Uh, it, so yeah, he he kind of razzes uh, razzes Charlie. He doesn't about, seem very gay. And, or... it, and he asks Charlie like, it, "Do you like Nick? Like, do you think Nick's hot?" And Charlie's like, "Oh, no, he's, he's, not, he's not really my type." Yeah. And he's like, "No, come on, you you got a crush on him." And what did he say? Oh, you'd so jump on that dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Nick kind of pushes. They said enough. Yeah, Nick's like, "Come on!" And uh, so he kind of leads Charlie away. Charlie has to go. His dad's there. Uh, and then Nick kind of returns to the group. Harry's kind of like, come on, you know, we're not homophobic. But Nick's like, no, you're, like you're teasing people just to like make them feel bad. Like yep. you're, you're you're not a good dude. A little bit off topic here, but Harry is like so much shorter than the rest of his group. <laughs> so much shorter, like by like three inches from like the next shortest person. So You think his attitude is like compensating <laughs> for his height? Is that where you're going with this? Yeah, he's just like a short little gremlin like half the kids at my school. He's like so. that. He's got that short guy syndrome. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, you think he could just uh, spend some money on lifts, but uh, <laughs> isn't he rich? Yeah, he's like supposed to be on that Sweet Sixteen show. Isn't exactly. He? Yeah, that's right. So, um, but and then, then, oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> Harry, Harry really escalates, right? So he, um, he starts into like basically says it? you're protecting him because he's a uh, a pathetic little fag. Yeah, is the line, and that's that's what drives Nick kind of over the top nick yeah. is like and no none of that we're not slurring my my boyfriend or my punches him right in the face which is a hundred percent what you should do i don't know why i felt guilty about it honestly punch him in the face punches him so hard that the panels explode <laughs> yes they shatter into pieces and next thing we know we're in the car with nick and his mom and nelly nelly's and nelly's there and nick has got like a tissue to his nose he's all bloodied up got a black eye in there and everything yeah and and you know, for how hard Nick was was hitting Harry, we're kind of like, well, how, how is Nick roughed up? We have that question, or I did anyway. Like, well, how did Nick kind of lose that fight? Because you know, he's got the bleeding nose, his eyes blackened. Uh, but we find out later what happened is that you know Nick felt bad about resorting to violence and kind of stopped, and then Harry just came yeah. after him. Yeah. And his mom too is like, you know, well, you know, it's, it's violence isn't the answer. And then he swears in front of his mom, and she's like, language, you know, like, <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> and during... Full name, guys. Full name. Oh, yeah, of course. That's always a bad sign. Um, there's something about this scene, too, where it felt to me like Nick was on the verge of confessing his relationship with Charlie to his mom. Um, and again, I, I, that's where I think the art in this is so good that... That's all communicated non-verbally. It's all communicated through f- the facial art, the way they're looking, the the dialogue itself, and it's yeah, like the the way the eyes are are to the side. Yeah, or, you you so yeah. feel what's going through Nick's head right there. I think it's also because she says like he's a very special friend, isn't he? And then he's like, exactly, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, more special than you know, Ma. Yeah. Or that you maybe will find out at the end of the book, uh, but they uh, so they're 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 back in bed here in their respective houses and they are texting again, mm-hmm. and this is again where Nick is, you know, all dumping on his friends that they're all assholes and he's gonna you know he's not gonna be friends with them anymore or anything like that. Um, even though you know we we've seen that there's potentially three friends that he has that are you know, okay with, uh, with the relationship with Charlie and that are supportive and accepting, not your typical rugby lads, but anyway, Nick's, Nick's pretty upset. I think in general at Harry and you know, the friend group seems to revolve around Harry. So I think that's why Nick is saying, I, you know, I'm going to dump those assholes. Yeah, exactly. Never going to be friends with them again or, or what have you. And then there's a cute little montage of them like texting like all through their like routine and everything till they yeah go, getting ready until for bed Charlie and the whole like night falls and asleep and I think it says one twenty seven in the morning yeah. on this film yeah. there so cute and then there's a little text after Charlie's fallen asleep there's a text from Nick on his screen saying I'm gonna fall asleep and he's like are you uh, he's like saying are you asleep and then there's one last one that says I'm gonna fall asleep too but I just want you. I just want you to know that you're the best. I'm going to kiss you a lot tomorrow. Heart emoji. Well, that's the other thing is in this, this exchange and the texts, um, Nick uh, basically asks Charlie out on a proper date. Yes, proper date. A to proper the beach. date. Let's go to the beach, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He, he says it's going to be a surprise. It's so going to be a surprise. Charlie doesn't know, know that it's yeah, My beach. bad, my bad. 
<laughs> Instead, it's good. Let's go to let's go for a surprise, bitch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the next morning Charlie heads over to Nick's. Um, Nick sort of confesses about the fight to Charlie. Well, because Charlie well, yeah, the, notices the black there's eye, a black yeah, guy and is like, what happened? You know, or he walked into a door. <laughs> yeah. And then Charlie's all like, as much as like I hate like seeing like seeing you get beat up and like it violence isn't a good thing. Harry really deserved like a proper punch, a proper, to, punch. proper punch to the face. And then he's like, proper oh. punch to the noggin, and then, eh? <laughs> and then Nick's like, oh, you're such a Slytherin. And Charlie's like, and you're a hundred percent Gryffindor, you little loser. Okay, that got a little nerdy for me there. Once you get to the Harry Potter, a- Ayla loves the Harry Potter, so <laughs> that, that really, uh, yeah, really got I to. I tabbed that part. I tabbed that part. <laughs> Okay, so now they're heading out on the surprise yep. date. So, uh, you know, Charlie's asking, can you tell me where we're going? Nope, it's a surprise. They get on the bus, in, and he, you know, he's never been that way before, and all of a sudden they hear some seagulls. Wait, I'm trying to... Before, it's in the show. This is a show thing. Uh, in There's a panel where they're on the bus, and they're like... And he's like, you got to tell me where we're going. And then actually in the show... During that scene, they have like almost the exact same scene. They're on the bus, and he's like, "Where are we going?" And in the seat right across from them, Alice Osmond is actually there, like doodling, drawing probably some panels Fun about cameo. them. Yeah, she should have drawn herself into the drawn herself. Would have been good. She thought of that. So they get to the beach. They hear the seagulls, and they're at some kind of beach town. Uh, and probably they, Brighton Beach. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I mean, like they're wearing jackets and sweaters, and there's nobody else on the beach, so it it may still be kind of well, but hardly. And uh, you know, Nellie's in the water. Though, right? It's England, yeah. So you know, there's not too many other people around. Um, you know, whether it's I, I don't think it's a school day, but the the beach is not very uh, busy, so they have kind of this whole area to themselves, yep. and they play in the water. So they start we're playing in the yeah. water. They got Nellie there, of course. Um, we love Nelly. So they they splash in the water a bit. They uh, they go get ice cream. They do the the photo booth thing. Uh, you know, yeah, making out in the photo booth. Photo booth. Um, Charlie's smiling the entire time. So praise for the dimples. <laughs> they praise for the dimples. Yeah, all the dimples are tabbed. Almost, actually, almost all the time. And uh, yeah, then they're they're back they're back on the beach, just, just sort of chilling out, chilling out, relaxing, just like enjoying each other's company and being on a proper date with yeah. no uh, no judgment or none of their friends or, or people that may know them around. Right? They're they're kind of just really enjoying this um, uh, kind of step that they've taken. Right? Neither of them uh, have really been on a proper date before. And I I guess there was a conversation prior to this. Where Nick said that he he didn't want to hide things anymore because it's here that Charlie asks Nick if he was serious about that. Yeah, they are also listening on the beach, like one little cute panel that for some reason I didn't tab. I'm not sure why. Not cute enough. Uh, it was for me, man. <laughs> uh, that says they're playing the song "Still Together" by Mac DeMarco. I'm pretty sure. I can't really tell. It's kind of blending in with the background of the phone, okay. but. That's, and then they're like on the beach, super cute, sharing headphones as well, which is another cliche. So oh, of course, yeah, yeah, they're they're hitting all the kind of cutesy moments. dating uh, kind of stuff, and then Charlie brings up uh, what you were mentioning, Todd, yeah. like that. Are you, uh, are you serious about not wanting to hide things anymore? Yeah. And and Nick says that he is that he wants to be able to tell people 
about Charlie, and I think almost more importantly, he wants Charlie to be able to tell people about him. Oh, yeah. Um, Nick does say that he's definitely a bisexual, uh, and he doesn't want to creep around anymore. And then he goes on an entire tangent, goes into the water, and is yelling, I like Charlie's spring, yeah. in a romantic way, not just a friendship way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's some real de- declarations of uh, of liking each other. Uh, and then they they actually kind of label things here. Um, they're kind of like, wait, does this mean we're boyfriends? And they're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and they another one of these. That's like, another one. Why, gotta, why are we like this? <laughs> <laughs> but even after the boyfriend one, he's got to run around again. This time, I think he picks Charlie up in his arms, and they're running around like, the beach. We're boyfriends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so. We, we don't really see uh, Charlie too much anymore. It, fla- it flash- flashes now to Nick getting home from the date uh, and having a conversation with his mom. Uh, and this is pretty much the, I think the end of the, the book here is this conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think buoyed by the success of the date and what they talked about, he feels comfortable to tell his mom. Well, and that's the thing is like, that, I think that's sort of where that conversation with Charlie came from is this, I'm ready to come out. And of course, my mom is going to be the first person I'm going to come out to. Probably was a, a, a nervous experience having that conversation. The whole like, what's she going to think? How's she going to react? Everything else. But that would be, I think, conceivably a place to start for a lot of people. Got to got to start with mom. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you know, there's definitely some panels over the this book and the, and the first book as well, where we get the impression that. You know, Nick's mom is definitely onto it a little bit already. Yeah. You know, it's definitely yeah. not a not a shock. And I think she says as much something like, you know, I, I wondered. I, or suspected, I suspected, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he's like, you know, mom, I'm bisexual. Do you know what that means? And she's like, yeah, I wasn't born in the 20s. I know, that's so like, adorable, right? <laughs> these, these 13, 14 year old kids think they're discovering these things for the first time. Yeah. Like like grownups don't uh, have any idea about this kind of <laughs> stuff. right? Yeah. I feel like some don't though. Like that's I feel like that's something that's like a huge thing about not really like just like gay, lesbian, bisexual. Like those three are like usually those and like trans are like the main ones. But then like if you get into like any other like like asexual yeah. or like any yeah. other like not as well known ones, that's when like no not a ton of people really know like uh what is that and that yeah, and I, that's well. A, I mean, being a spectrum, right? Uh, sexuality, like there, there's not necessarily a label for everything that everyone feels. But yeah, and I, there, I, yeah, I especially point some of the, the further out in the spectrum, the where you've got lesser people experiencing it, it takes longer for there to be a name for it because it sort of takes longer for people to be aware it exists. Because yeah. you know, I think you know, for example, you mentioned asexual, which is something that I only kind of learned about in the last five to ten years um that doesn't mean that they only existed in the last five to ten years but there's been they've been welcome enough or felt you know able enough to sort of start expressing their existence yeah i i I get what you're saying about there there needs to be enough you know people out there to to kind of maybe garner a label um but yeah i mean not that we need labels per se, but certainly no, no. Certainly, when there's enough people experiencing a certain phenomenon or, or you know, being aligned in a certain area of the spectrum, right? That that putting a label on it, I think, as much as some people maybe don't like labels, I think it does help give some credence to and support to people experiencing that. Well, um, you know, particular. My position is is I think we're all better without labels. 
But as long as we have to have labels, we have to make sure that we have enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so she's, you know, Nick's mom is very supportive here. Um, you know, obviously she, she suspected, she wasn't sure, but she's very happy, uh, that Nick's told her and also feels sad that he was hesitant. You know, she, she, I think says that she's sorry if she ever made him feel like he couldn't tell Mm -hmm. her this. Um, and I think, you know, just, just into that theme that we've seen throughout this book about the acceptance, about there being people out there that, um, you know, are ready to listen, um, and aren't going to be judgmental, um, that there are groups out there that are going to be supportive, whether it's friends, family, what have you. Uh, I I mean, it's been a good theme throughout the whole book that those people exist and are out there and, you know, you can, you can find them and access them and that, you know, that's something I think some, some people that are reading this book really need to hear. And I think as much as this is a book that can convey to say someone like, um, you know, who Nick is in this story and, and convey that message of you don't need to come out until you're ready. You, you know, you do you, you sort of take your time. This is also like, you know, reading these this, these last few pages, this is kind of a, an example to parents out there. Like parents, this is a good way to have this conversation with your child. Here's an example of a supportive parent interacting with their child in a supportive way. And if this is who you are trying to be, here is potentially, you know, a rough guideline on how to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think, depending on the parent that you are, you may not come out immediately knowing how to be supportive. Maybe you were raised in a more conservative family that had, you know, those sorts of values and maybe you've deviated a little bit more to uh, the liberal side of things to the extent that you're willing to accept having a gay kid, but having never, you know, been gay yourself or never been bisexual yourself, you may struggle to understand how to best have that conversation. Here's an example. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's a good blueprint, uh, you know, for, for any parents out there. And, you know, I I think the, the main thing is, you know, if you love your child more than you love the, you know, some of the system or systematic stuff that you were raised with, um, you know, you're going to be supportive. Yeah, Yeah. And yeah, this is a good way to, you know, to, you know, how do you, how do you have that initial conversation with your, with your kid about this kind of stuff? Um, you know, if, if, if that's a conversation you need to have and also for kids, it's a, you know, it's a, uh, kind of example of, you know, what to look for from a supportive parent, right? For sure. If if you're not getting that, then, then maybe your parent isn't the, isn't the right person, right? Or if you don't think the conversation is going to go that way, then, you know, maybe that's, uh, yeah, because there to, are to maybe, unfortunately definitely yeah. times where people in that situation can't and shouldn't um, go to their parents with that information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so it finishes off, the book finishes off with, uh, so Nick is now, you know, told his mom that he and Charlie are dating and she tells him that Charlie uh, can't come he can't come to on their summer vacation. And he's like, Mom, you know, the, his older brother got to bring his girlfriend on vacation once. And she's like, well, they were they were in university and living together or whatever. And he's like, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So Charlie won't be joining them on summer vacation. And then we also get a bonus little mini comic about Tara Jones and Darcy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. 
Is that Darcy? I don't think that's Darcy. Yeah, no, that's Darcy. Is it? Are you sure? Yeah, this is this is essentially how they first oh, okay. got together. Yeah, sure, okay. they get yeah, locked right. in the music room. Okay, because I felt like because it ended with such a, we're not. Like, I guess this must be quite a maybe not quite a bit, but a bit earlier because like it ends on sort of like a, oh my god, what did we just do? Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the first time. I mean, they're they're kind of not enemies, but they're certainly not very friendly with each other when they get locked no, in the music no. room. But but, there must be some kind of sexual tension. There. Yeah, like, I mean, that, there, there's one there's line. There's the attraction, the, the, the banter or whatever. There's one line that Tara says here about how, you know, they're talking about, oh, I think you're annoying. You think I'm annoying. Or, but she says, no, I I just mean that you're you're just hard to not not to notice or something like that. So w- it gives us that impression that Tara has definitely like had her eye on exactly, Darcy in a right, certain right, way. Right, right. Right? Uh, and then maybe there is, she's frustrated because she can't act on it or thinks she can't. Anyway, they they kind of get to fighting a little bit, um, or kind of tickle fighting, I guess, and they wind up on the floor. And Tara actually makes the first move and kisses Darcy. Yeah, and then, and the the teacher comes and unlocks the door, and there's you know time to catch the second half of the concert. And Tara's like, "Okay, right on." And then Darcy's just sitting there like, "What just what happened?" Just happened? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's it. Yeah, um, much more upbeat ending, I thought. Mini are at the end. That's Nick carrying Charlie and Nick's like I can walk and Nick's like this is faster don't worry <laughs> but yeah def- definitely more upbeat um I mean the first book ended on a, a cliffhanger pretty pretty big cliffhanger yeah. pretty big like and this what's... this one resolved quite a few things yeah um yeah. and yeah I mean there's still questions about you know what's in the in the future for Nick and Charlie but certainly we're, we're at a much kind of nicer point here mm-hmm. as far as resolution mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the the third book, which is, I think, the school trip to Paris, right? School trip to Paris. Oh, wild. Okay. It's so much fun, and it's season two of Heartstopper. All right. Private school in England. Just a quick trip to Paris with the the years 10 10 and 11. I mean, it makes sense. How far, like, England? Face the mic. Face the mic. Just just a quick drive through the channel. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) It's, I mean, my school, like, my band teacher he does stuff like this all the time and like every other year he goes on huge trips so he went to montreal this year he's been to like new orleans before and all that so i don't it's pronounced nolens nolens uh yeah so anyway the private schools going to paris all you know it's going to be probably fancy hotels and museums and you know real expensive trip yeah they'll definitely go to the but anyway uh, we've got we've got a bit to look forward to as as to how these guys get along on their first kind of trip well, yeah, abroad. I, One of the things that came up, and this is a throwback to the first book during the planning meeting, is that uh, boys and girls will not be uh, able to share rooms on the trip. It'll just be same sex. Oh, so yes. you know now Nick and Charlie potentially are going to be able to share a room away from home, out of the country. On a romantic trip to Paris, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see what. Uh, there's a big setup here, I think, for book three. So we'll see what happens. Right, yeah. And my sort of my prediction for book three was that it was going to, in much the same way that like the first book was about Nick kind of struggling with what he was feeling, and this one is with with Nick struggling with when to come out. My guess was that the third book was going to have be about like 
the struggle of coming out like what happens well and the, yeah the fallout as far as yeah. from their friends and exactly. family and, and, and outsiders yeah. and that kind of thing i was thinking mostly amongst the peer group yeah. the friends and things like that it is so hard not to say anything i right bet now. it is so i bet hard. it is so but thank you for not thank you Ayla's for not. already spoiled a few things uh, for me but uh yeah I, i'm still looking forward to to seeing this because yeah we're definitely at stage three of the the broader um, world finding out, uh, yeah. or the the bigger peer group, yeah. So not just the close friends yeah. and family. This is now, um, and and in the show, um, there's there's more kind of backstory for for Tara and Darcy, um, and more fallout from she posts on Instagram. Oh, I've got a girlfriend, and there's there's a bunch of fallout from that in the TV show, and so. You know how does how does that affect Tara and Darcy? They both react to it differently. Darcy kind of embraces the reactions from people, and you know it doesn't really phase her. But you know, there's obviously you know negative feedback that the girls receive after kind of coming out to their school. And so I'm curious in book three if we'll maybe see some of that, uh, really more aimed at uh, at Nick and Charlie. And I guess the Parisians are maybe not as understanding either. So we'll we'll see <laughs> see how that dynamic Isn't plays Paris into the it. City of love. Yeah, I guess only straight love. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Also, not so much of a spoiler as more as just letting you know you will get to see Nick's family more in like the third, maybe more the fourth book. Oh, okay. Okay. So that will be fun. Hopefully. Right on. Okay. Well, um, that is Heartstopper Volume 2. Um, so our next episode, we're going to delve into Volume 3. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Did we talk about the Back to the Future thing? We did not talk about the we Back didn't. to the Future We did Okay, thing. wait. So in the previous book, there's a panel where they're watching well, a movie. Well, in the previous podcast, because we the did reference podcast. it, we, but we weren't sure, right? We weren't 100% sure. There's a panel, and I pointed out that it looked like Marty McFly... And his girlfriend, and they were like, they shared a kiss, and that's like the entire hand-holding scene, or almost hand-holding, and I was like, I pointed out that it looked like Back to the Future, but I wasn't sure, and if you actually flip back a page, there is a panel where like right before they kiss, where they're talking, and it kind of zooms out of the TV a little bit more, and you can see on like the TV stand, there is the Back to the Future, like... DVD, DVD box or case. video box, yeah. That says Back to the Future on it with like Doc and the little tire lines, lines and everything. So we were 100% we were 100% correct right. on the Back so, to the Future um, stuff. Wow. All Good right. job, big, us. Big pat on the back for us job, being us. able to, yeah. to spot a movie. Uh, yeah, based on right a pretty loosely us. drawn, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely I don't think the panel was drawn to be anywhere near it's kind of copyright uh, copyright no, infringement kind of i mean alice yeah, Oz, we definitely enough. caught it because we recognized it yeah, yeah even without seeing the uh the dvd box there so bravo that's right um but yeah so for for our next podcast we're gonna focus on on volume three yep. um and i think after that we'll we'll kind of do a wrap-up we'll do a live wrap-up just kind of that first section of books uh the first three and as we mentioned at the top of this episode, we'll we'll kind of wait for the the other three to be ready yeah, and before then we come back. revisit yeah. that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, if anyone you know, if if we have listeners that have questions or concerns or, or things like that, or are looking for resources and uh, or dealing with any of this stuff, right? Uh, feel free to uh, to write into the show and uh, yeah, you, you know, can email us, us at bandthingshappen at gmail.com. 
Uh, would love to hear you know your thoughts or questions, anything you'd like to hear us uh, discuss in future episodes. I was also thinking, this was my idea today, um, if you want to get in on the go read a fucking book action, why not record yourself saying it and uh, and we'll use your version of it at the end of an upcoming episode. That's right. I mean, I certainly haven't been doing a great job of really nailing this line, so we could outsource this yeah, and, let's, let's and get, get, get users it, to, you know? yeah, you know, all our, all our listeners, uh, if you've got, uh, you know, any kind of voice recording or even just a voice note, uh, if you want to give it a, a shot and say, For well, sure. I, I can do this better than he can. Exactly. Uh, uh, you're probably right. Come show uh, me how it's done. Exactly. But I guess for, for today, for this episode, I'll, I'll bring it home. Um, so are we wrapping it up here? I, or are I we think, about done? I think we're ready to wrap it up, right? Okay. Uh, we've, we've got it. I think we've got it locked in for today. I so. think so. Um, why don't you kick it off, Todd? Sure. Um, uh, I'll just do sort of the final wrap up here. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, like I said, you can email us at band things happen at gmail.com. Um, you can also find all of our links at blah, 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 media.com. You can find the podcast episodes there. You can find links to our Facebook, uh, as well as links to our, um, GoFundMe, not GoFundMe. What am I talking about? Our Patreon and our buy me a coffee. If you want to support us financially. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about that. Oh, and our merch, our merch. You can go get yourself a go read a fucking book hat, throw a pillow shirt stickers who that's knows right yeah todd's got a fabulous hat i'm, I'm uh, sporting says, the hat today it says the line that i'm gonna try to not mess up yeah uh and there's stickers and i know i've i got myself a nice shirt uh that uh, i wear to my kids things and i kind of go well, maybe i shouldn't be wearing this to the kids activities but uh yeah, lots of lots of kind of neat stuff on on the merch page as well as uh, merch from Todd's other podcast. Uh, yeah, some stuff from Half Cut Conspiracy um, Theories. Conspiracies as well. Yeah, and one of these days, I I've been planning on putting out like a uh, a kid friendly version of the Gorita fucking book, but like do Gorita frickin' book, mm-hmm. um, so that you can like dress your toddler with the uh, yeah. We the should merch get we should get onesies to. like baby onesies. exactly baby yeah, onesies that's right. that go read a go read yeah. a. A frickin' book or something like that. Go read a book with words. I <laughs> I tried to argue with my kid that technically this is uh, 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 kid-friendly because it, it blurs out the, like, there's an asterisk in place of the U. Yeah. So it doesn't actually have the bad word on it, but I, my kid disagreed with me, so. I mean, we're in that age where kids have heard these things and they, you know, obviously they can figure out what it says. My, my, my The arbiter is for my kid is like, can I say it at school? Mm-hmm. Right, and I was like, "Well, I could say it at school." He's like, "Well, that's different, Dad." <laughs> In fact, I'm going to call your principal right now. Oh, yell at him! <laughs> hey, principal, go read a fucking book. That's Hang right. up on him. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> um, I've been Todd Sullivan. I've been Peter Ammon. I've been Ayla Ammon. And until next time, go read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs>